This podcast series has been made possible through an exclusive sponsorship from SA's number one nano-influencer platform, The Salt. Most brands have a communication line to their existing customers, but not a way to get them to have additional positive brand conversations. The Salt solves the problem by identifying brand fans and getting them to talk more about their positive brand experiences. The Salts have a database of over 140,000 registered brand fans and in-depth information on each to perfectly match your brand to the right influencers. Reach out to them now and see what they can do for you. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm a guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing, and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle. Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page, follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. And welcome to all our listeners to the Doc and Guru podcast this morning. Great to have you on the show. I'm flying solo on this show today because I've got with us uh, Kelvin Story, who is the Principal Media Strategy and Insights Guru. We've got a second guru on the show from DSTV Media Sales. Now, the Doc isn't here because he asked me what the show was about. And I told him it was about zero ratings, rim weighting and GRPs. And the doc was last seen running, screaming from the building. So, Kevin, Calvin, it's just you and I uh, this morning. Am, am I lucky or am I unlucky? That's more. No, you're lucky because now you can dig deep into those <laughs> things that are so important in your life, like rim weightings and sampling and and all those things. And of course, our topic for the day really flowing out of the uh, the DSTV Media Sales webinar, which we did a week or two uh, back yes. on the issue of zero ratings and just generally the state of TV mm -hmm. planning um, in the country. So to to use a cliche, which I'm allowed to do, I'm allowed cliches and senior moments, so don't okay. panic if I appear to forget something. Don't Ooh, try and resuscitate okay. me, it'll come. Um, <laughs> let's get back on track and talk about zero ratings, uh, yes. which was the topic of the webinar. What 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 are zero ratings? Um, why is it an issue? Is it a new issue? How's it coming about? Like you did a great job on that webinar, and I'm going to share the link with everybody after this podcast of unpacking yes. what is a zero rating issue. Yeah. So I think um, firstly, uh, thank you very much for the opportunity. Great being here, um, and just to kind of chat things through. 
get the conversation going, I suppose. Um, so firstly, in terms of zero ratings, um, I mean, it's something that really hasn't just happened overnight uh, in the greater scheme of things. It's been around for, for a long time, but I think it's definitely gaining momentum um, as the years go by. And I think, interestingly enough, coming out of the COVID period, um, where we have seen very high levels of, of TV viewership, at the same time, these zero ratings were starting to creep into, into uh, more and more of the schedules. But I think if we have to break it down in terms of what is the zero rating, um, it's not necessarily just the fact of um, you know, the, the likes of a panel being unstable. And they think there's so many different factors coming into play um, in terms of how a media plan is actually putting together their plan, how they're forecasting, how they're downweighting, uh, what channel selection are they making use of, um, linked back to what target market are they actually making use of. Um, some target markets we've noticed almost becoming exceptionally niche. And if you're taking a niche target market and then splitting it across this variety of channels, I mean, the, the, your, your chances of receiving, I suppose, that, that zero become very high. Um, so it's, it's a reality. Um, so that's on the one aspect. Yes, on the panel, that's another interesting um, item because if we look at it from a TAMS measurement perspective, you know, global standards, and we'll probably will go a bit more into it uh, as, we, as we chat, I mean, it is really on par, um, but it's when you start breaking it down into specific channels and that representation of the sampling panel versus the representation of that overall channel um, in the country that sometimes does produce a zero. Yeah, and I think, you know, let's also qualify something which you, you said a week or two back on, on the webinar um, that a low, or zero rating or, or a lower rating doesn't automatically imply lower audiences. So no. we just need to, to clarify it. We, we're dealing here with a uh, statistical issue, not uh, a, a perceived reality of a collapsed TV viewership. It's just sometimes you Correct. don't measure things as accurately as, as you might hope to measure them. So let's bring it back on track to uh, why is that a problem? I mean, you know, X audience has promised, uh, it's been paid for. Where is the issue coming in? Is it, is it a, a functional issue in the sense that my campaign doesn't work now because one spot is zero rated or there's an applied zero audience? Or is it a procurement issue? I've got a spot for which I've just paid 100 Rand and now it's got no listeners. Where does the problem lie? Is it functionality, ROI kind of stuff or is it, uh, is it a procurement issue? So. I think that the short answer, it's, it's across the board. It's, it's, it's in every aspect. Um, so if we break it up, definitely, uh, and you mentioned it in terms of, you know, is it lack of audiences? So um, I think this is the issue when some agencies as well as procurement are looking, they're not looking at the audiences. They're looking at the ratings. They want to see ratings. Um, and I think that's the fundamental kind of difference that's, that's coming into play there. Um, so the procurement guys, you know, I always kind of joke, you know, typical uh, launch campaign, you need your 300 ARs. You know, that's kind of what's been drummed into us over all the years. But at the end of the day, what, I mean, what does that really constitute in the greater scheme of things? And those 300 ARs have been now distributed across far more channels. So, and if we look at, to your point, the calculation of that AR, um, and, and yes, I mean, there are factors where we look at a 0 0.00005 that's actually bringing an audience number um, through. So, um, so I suppose interpretation is the one thing. How the metrics are being measured from a procurement point of view, as well as from an agency point of view, 
Um, how it's been sold into the client, what, what really is being promised to a client? Dear client, here is uh, a forecast of 1,200 ARs for the year, or is it more a case of, dear client, these are the reach levels we're looking to achieve for our, our campaign, or dear client, is this a, a CPT, is this a, P, a CPP? So I think there's just many aspects and many differing metrics that are at play here. Um, and I don't want to say that it's not really been standardized. I think depending on suppose, what client you're with, what procurement crowd is, is are the delegated media auditors, um, everyone's trying a different a different method. Um, I don't want to say to catch catch who out, who knows, but um, I think that that fundamentally is the problem. There's no real standardized what is the norm or, or uh, measurement equivalent that we all should be looking at just as a starting base. Yeah, and I think you've raised a couple of points there um, which are really crucial. So at the end of the day, it just occurs to me, is the simple solution not that we determine how many rating points are required? The first part of that equation is, let's say 300 GRPs, that yeah. old magic number. But if you only ever needed 200 in the first place, so you're already you're already wasting 50% of the client's budget just by shooting over the top, okay? Yeah. So the next level in is is if it's a procurement issue, and it's what you might call, I, I call the six prawn theory. And if you simplify it, it's quite easy. I go to a restaurant, I order six prawns, you bring me five, I demand to know where the other prawn has gone. Yes. It's the same with GRPs. I've paid for 300 GRPs, mm -hmm. now you're delivering ostensibly uh, 250, yes. you, you're measuring 250, you might be delivering more, we just don't measure it. Why don't I just give you the money and, and say, look, here are the parameters, guarantee it for me. Why I mean, what's stopping the process from going the route it's gone in many markets around the world of me just handing over the bottom line figure to you? I've created the strategic parameters, you give me the audience. Why, why don't I just surrender it as a media agency? Yeah, I, I think that is something that is going to grow in more momentum within this market. Globally, that's really the norm. It's actually the other way around. You know, um, you're looking at your guaranteed uh, campaigns and almost the, the purchase of your loose spot linear. That's that's the cherry on the cake. Where I think at the moment it's the other way around. Here, um, we still very much are, are entrenched in the loose spot purchasing. Um, and and uh, I suppose you say cherry picking, but it really isn't cherry picking. It's more hundreds and thousands actually mm. scattering all over the cake. Um, so so that is definitely a, a direction to go. And from our point of view, in a DM, uh, DSTV Media Sales point of view, we do actually offer to a certain degree guaranteed trading deals um, in place. But I think at the moment a lot of agencies still want to have the power of the plan. Um, they want to see it spot by spot. They want to measure it spot by spot. And I think there's still a bit of reluctance in terms of handing that over. But I think over time, and especially now with the drive of the change in viewership platforms, that kind of power and uh, I suppose relationship between agency and media owner is slowly changing. And I mean changing for the good. Um, we're in this together. It's about collaboration um, and, and partnership in it. So. Um, I, I'm quite excited about sort of what is on the horizon um, uh, going forward when we're talking more than just your typical linear spot. And talking about the horizons going forward, you raised something there about uh, other platforms as well. I mean, part of the discussion around this tends to almost have as an a priori assumption that this zero rating thing must be true because everybody's list or everyone's watching streaming platforms somewhere else. 
I guess that might be a part of it. So, so is how much of is that a reality that because we're not picking up the streaming audiences, um, it, it tends to look like you're getting less than you than you might have thought. And then, what sort of plans do we have going forward? to start picking up the streaming audiences because, you know, the people meter is designed to pick up my viewing on the screen. If I'm watching that same uh, program on my on my iPad, I'm not being necessarily registered or, or am I behind the times? Is that is that being picked up now and aggregated? Yes. So, so I suppose this is, this is the exciting part of it. And, and you're right. I mean, they, they definitely, it's, it's almost like we're looking at one leg of the table here. Um, and, and when I say one leg is really the linear point of view, but then there's this, cross-platform uh, viewership that that's occurring and when i say cross-platform just for clarity's sake i'm meaning there's smart tv there's obviously the ipad viewership there's viewership coming through mobile uh, mobile phones um even your smart media boxes um sort of are, are obviously bringing some form of um, uh, alternative to to viewing so at the moment yes and, and i suppose from the panel point of view it's not picking that up um Panel from a from a holistic point of view, healthy. It's it's if you look compare it to to overseas markets, it's all in line, no problem there. But the next level down, when you look at sort of the split share, okay, what amount of the panel is sitting looking at your free to air versus what size of the panel is looking at your pay TV, and then go down what a next level. Look at what number of channels are actually sitting under each of those under free to air versus pay TV. Um, and at the moment, you're looking at about a roughly 54% share is sitting in pay TV space. So 54% of that total panel, which is just over 3,000, then take that and start you know, dividing it across 120 channels, 120 odd channels, and then also take in consideration time band viewership, um, certain, certain trends, obviously certain real premier shows start pulling audiences away um, sometimes. So a lot of that comes into play. Then, obviously, the next step down is then the viewership occurring on these other platforms. And out of that, I think it's been interesting because it had, you know, it had a gradual growth um, uh, from already late to, from our side specifically, from a DSTV point of view, from late 2018, 2019. COVID basically accelerated everything overnight. Um, first, everyone had to go home. So in terms of logistics, everyone needs data now or more data, more speed. Um, and it gave them more time to also start searching for more items to view. And that kind of then drove up more consumption. And not just from a DSTV point of view, obviously across the board, you know, there are other players. I mean, there's no point sort of denying that. There are other players as well, uh, video stream players. And that for us has really accelerated our, our, our platform quite a, quite a lot. So kind of long story short, uh, we are measuring it, but the, the, the challenge is is how how are we measuring it compared to that from a, a traditional linear point of view? Linear is still sitting in that in that panel base, whereas from a digital point of view, I mean, it's viewed as a unique view. We got unique mm. views. We got um, a total impressions. Um, we can drill down time band, certain programs, channel flows, uh, heat maps. So there's a lot we can do there. So at the moment, for us to try and get. To some, and, 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 and actually before I forget, the, the, also the key thing to bear in mind is, you know, from a panel point of view, you are looking at household viewership in the great scheme of things, where from a digital point of view, it's typically one-on-one. -on -one. Um, but with the growth of smart TVs, obviously the screen, the, the viewer experience has got so much bigger, so much better, it's actually becoming a household view, view as well. So we kind of almost start looking at, well, what do we do with that portion of our audience that are utilizing connected TVs um, 
and, and within a household. I think just to put it into context from our side, our subscriber linear growth has still grown. So it's, uh, if I look at just the, the midterm results, because um, we're currently under embargo for the full term. So midterm results, uh, we, had, we had a 7% uh, growth in subs subscribers linear. So that's, that's happening. But for the exact same period, and looking at our unique users from DSTV app, we had a 77% growth occurring wow. there. Yes, okay. the base is, base is different. Lower, yeah, no, sure, sure. But then at the same time, bear in mind the subscriber, that's based on household. The unique is based on one-to-one. -one. Mm. And, mm. and there's still additional login devices. So it's an exceptionally conservative amount yeah. Um, yeah. That, that we obviously are, are, are quoting. Hashtag no filter. That's how this podcast is delivering real down-to-earth stories told by real people. For an influencer campaign that takes brand conversation to everyday real-life situations, go check out thesalt.co.za. They are the undisputed experts in real influencer marketing. That, uh, I mean, I think I erroneously, you know, kind of thought that maybe the simple solution is just making the panel bigger. But I think what was clear is, uh, f you know, in my preparation for, for that webinar that yes. all that happens, you're going to have a greater reliability in, in reporting the same kind of problem because there is a shift in, in reality. But the 3,500, is it 3,200, whatever, whatever that figure yes. is, just over 3,000, is often... Um, portrayed as being suboptimal. But again, if I'm not mistaken, we're well within the global norms with that Definitely sort of figure. Are. I seem to remember some of your figures, Malaysia, 1,400. Uh, the, in, the panel in Indonesia, 2,500. I love the panel in New Zealand, 800. Okay, um, that's not counting the sheep. Um, mm -hmm. So we're well within norms. I think that's an important yes. takeout, uh, which I had perhaps uh, misunderstood in my, in my own head. Some of the other technical issues for me, though, pertain to one of the topics that Doc ran away screaming from was like rim weights. You talked about planning target markets. If, I, if, if you're rim weighting the panel on SEM, the three cluster SEM, but I'm planning an LSM, that, that in and of itself must surely create a, a disconnect somewhere along the line. Uh, definitely. Uh, and, uh, and that, if I look at it from the simplest terms, is our biggest challenge at the moment. Um, and and we, we're taking it client by client because there are still quite a high degree of LSM uh, target markets out there, um, kind of believe it or not. Um, and, 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 and at the same time, just the, the thinking that your LSM 7 to 10 is a direct match to your SEM 7 to 10. Um, and you start kind of overlaying that, and it's, you know, it's not really the case at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, SEMs is a, is a lot more of a softer approach across all of the – I mean, if we look at the 10, the 10 um, sort of levels, if I just uh, work on that one. So it's, it's a lot softer where in the typical, you had that bell curve that was occurring in, in yes. LSM6, yes. um, sort of, you know, back in the day. So that, I think, is, is crucial. And, yeah, I mean, it's, to, to say, it's, it really, at the end of the day, it's apples and pears. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I don't know how else, you know, we, we, can, we can really sort of um, illustrate it. From our side, even looking at buying buckets, you know, we've shifted over to SEMs two years ago, um, probably actually a bit longer, um, really looking at your typical SEM 3 to 5, um, SEM 6 to 8, and, and your SEM 9 to 10. And it's not necessarily saying at the end of the day that your SEM 5 or 4 is this, you know, tragically um, sort of low end. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, you know, there are, um, you know, asset-based items that are, are, are building up those variables, depending on sort of where they, they fall within the SEMs. 
Um, and and at the end of the day, obviously there, there is more investment going into them, sort of in terms of the rim weightings as well. So they are becoming far more stable uh, to work with. If you think of the variables for LSMs, I mean they haven't been updated. I mean since I think about 2015. Oh um, no, even before that, I mean, so they were reweighted re to population yes. 2015, 2016. Yes, but, the, but the variables themselves, I've been knocking around to the best of my knowledge. I think I'm going to go back to 2001. I think yeah. it, it, it yeah. is literally that long. And some of them, um, I, I, my argument has been that the, the inverse rule applies. So more radio, more radio sets in the household was a top end indicator. Exactly. Okay. Um, whereas now, I would argue that the absence of a radio set in the household is a top end indicator. Yep. I'm listening to more radio than ever before, but I don't have a radio set. So a lot of those things began to, to mean the inverse of, of what they had intended uh, to mean at exactly. the time, but we won't go exactly. too far down that route. Yeah. Um, one of the, the solutions which was mooted because, you know, my eyes were glazing over, you know, when you started going to the fourth decimal point. And I remember, <laughs> you know, Brenda Wortley, bless her, had, was trying to sell us on two or three decimal points. <laughs> Five years ago, now you've gone to the fifth or sixth decimal point. But we, we had a discussion which seemed to resonate with people that if I look at ROR models around the world, gross rating points is a horrible measure. It is really a worthless planning tool. It is a, it is a measure of square meters of advertising. But more and more attribution models and media are working on gross impressions. So suddenly, if you say, look at the your, your GRPs, you know, or, your, or the rating point for a show at the fifth decimal point is one thing, but telling me I had 10,000 people is a different issue. And suddenly we begin to address the fact that a reported zero is not an actual zero. So is shifting the narrative into selling on thousands uh, part of the solution? Maybe not the whole solution. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think it's part of the solution. And, 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 and maybe for now, whilst we are still grappling bet between this cross-platform viewership that's occurring, yeah, it's really trying to find what is the kind of common currency we can we can start working with at the moment. If we look at sort of gross amount of impressions from, from the linear point of view, total, total uh, viewership versus gross impressions from obviously the, the streaming services that, that, that are available um, uh, to us. So I think that that um, is important. I mean, at the end of the day, I think the perfect category for us to always look at is are the insurance guys. I mean, they've got it down waxed um, in terms of cost per lead modeling as well. I mean, that that's definitely um, another pricing alternative that's uh, from from media owner point of view that's that's gaining a lot of momentum. Um, you know, I, I will I will I'll pay I'll pay you whatever you know a, a decent amount for a spot if I know it's going to deliver mm. what I need so it's kind of it's a good relation because we're both in it together then you know we want the spot to um, to yield the highest amount of return for you yeah. dear client and dear client will reward us um, uh, at the same time so I think that that that's a great model and then at the same time it's more confidence being given into the media owner's hands because ultimately we have to see mm. the leads um, yeah. so 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 that's a tighter relationship uh, to, to work on as well yeah you know and uh going forward let's move into you know some of the areas of the fix so two two critical things um the one we will end with which is the brc announcing yes. a major tams panel audit which i think is interesting um and we'll talk about that in a moment. But the other one w was, was a theme which was consistent to all the delegates. So we had, you know, Terry Murphy there from Nielsen. We had Marsha Swart from Telmar, Gwenita Sali, um, you know, well-known uh, Andrea uh, Leonard, Demisa Mbelek, yourself. Uh, but there was one thing on which we were consistently agreed. 
that skills or yes. the absence thereof is a challenge. So hopefully, you know, your initiative with the webinar it was the beginning of a process rather than a one-off event. Is, is there still some intention to to energize that uh, that directive most definitely i mean there's a there, there's a lot more in the pipeline um to to kind of roll out and and definitely in in combination uh with with what the brc's um sort of would be putting together as well and we've already touched base with with gary on that it's 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 just vitally important if i even think back back in the day of uh do, you know doing the media course at the likes of a triple a it's it's your high level theory um, it, it's, it's missing the practicality of it and, and the different um, scenarios one has to deal with. Um, and I mean, I think that was even the, the, the title of the textbook, you know, Art versus Science. That's what we've, we, we've come down to. And I think there's just a little bit of, um, a little bit of both are actually are missing, to be honest. Uh, so we need to get going with that. Um, I think we've, we've got a, it's a very dynamic industry. Uh, I think digital is very exciting, but it's an overarching element. Um, and the principles, I always keep saying, the principles still have to apply. Yeah. Um, and, um, and you know, you've got to work through the ranks. I mean, that, we all have to start off somewhere as media trainees. And I think, you know, having uh, all due respect, you know, having a sort of a media strategist of two years experience, that's problematic. Um, especially in a boardroom when you are getting to these kind of discussions, when you actually haven't had to be a planner or even a buyer, understand the metrics play with it. I mean, it's the same thing of really being a car mechanic. I mean, I'm not going to be able to fix it. You've got to get dirty. You've got to get in there and understand what's going on. So we're very excited about it. Um, we've got got quite a few lined up, like I've already said. Um, obviously, the, a big one for us is actually to illustrate zero ratings um, in the real world and actually run a zero rated campaign um, and mapping it back to uh, clients' objectives to actually show that a zero-rated campaign can perform, so I'm very excited. About I'd love that. that for me is 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 the most elegant and persuasive answer of them all is to create, if necessary, even a pseudo campaign, yes, um, and and show the impact because now you're addressing the ROI thing, yeah, which which is critical. Yeah, so I mean, for me, you know, you, you've raised a couple of points which are intriguing, and I think we've lost sight of in the industry the fact that. Fuzzy logic. Media is about fuzzy logic. It is Correct. not a pristine mathematical equation. And I, I didn't realize that fuzzy logic is actually a, a, an acceptable term. I thought it was just like an excuse for cocking up the numbers, you know. <laughs> I mean, but it is fuzzy logic. There is no, it's no clear definitive thing. I mean, um, we chatted uh, recently, or I chatted recently with Ari Killiman, and he used a lovely uh, phrase, mad maths. Mm. There is, a, there is a mathematical yes. component, but it's a little bit, and he was talking about mad maths uh, and mad men. So we're going to have him on a show in, in, in another week or so, and he, he'll unpack that. But we've got to, we've got to leave a little bit of leverage, legroom for, for mad maths. Yes. Um, but there also has to be discipline. Um, I, I think part of the concern, or well, one of the concerns I have is that I see lots of people who are competent, whether they're on Ariana or Transmit, they can churn out a number. Yes. Um, but where perhaps we've lost uh, momentum is in explaining to them what that number is used for. What is the purpose of the number? If you don't understand what's going to happen to the number you're producing, then you don't have a skin in the game. You need to have a stake in that outcome. 
De- definitely. I mean, you've got to own it yeah. um, from both sides. And I think that, that that for us was really the reason we kind of kicked off this, this whole series um, because we're picking up a lot of, obviously, feedback from, from plans. It's got zero ratings and, and it's just me, the, oh, it's zero and it's our problem. Cool. We, we are the ones giving, giving over that, that inventory and making it available. So, yes, we are responsible. But at the same time, we've got to be in it together. So it was really looking at it. And when I started looking at some of the plans that have been put together, Yes, simple things falling through the cracks. You know, not even taking into consideration that there was a universe update last year. Um, I think just simple things like that. Um, I mean, we were just joking. Uh, the other, actually, I was to Terry, who was saying, we wonder how many people are actually accessing the BRC website just to have a look at sort of the, the latest, you know, white papers that are there. Keep yourselves updated. I mean, and uh, this is your field of expertise. Mm. So... Yeah, it really, it, it starts with the most simplest of, of yeah. items. I w- in fact, I, I would really endorse listeners out there to, to visit the BRC website. Uh, there's a wealth of information there, Definitely. including far-reaching insights into the technical aspects of it. So for me, it's a regular, at least a weekly visit for me, yeah. just to see what's going on there. So I, w- I would definitely endorse that. Let's let's com- bring it back to the BRC. Yes. Um, there's uh, an announcement that you'll be dealing with a new panel audit, or that'll be put out to tender fairly shortly. And I just want to address something here as well, which we we did pick up on the webinar. So we're shifting on on radio. The RAMS parameter and measurement techniques is changing completely. But that doesn't imply that diaries were wrong. It just implies that diaries were needing a refresher and we're going to go on a different catty and 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 a sort of passive meter route. So the same, I guess, with TAMs, it doesn't necessarily imply, if there are big changes coming, it doesn't imply that things were wrong. It just implies that we have to be agile and change things going forward. Exactly, De- definitely. Um, uh, I think it's great. I mean, obviously, it was it's very obvious for last year. Uh, the guys were unable to conduct a proper audit yeah. because you can't get access to the, to the, obviously the panel, safety, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, it's all perfectly understandable. Um, in terms of that that regard, so I think the the audit is going to be great, um, and it just it, at the end of the day, it's just to give renewed confidence to all the um, all of us using it, um, and also at the same time to be proud of what it actually stands for from a South African point of view, uh, comparing it to others. It really is actually still it's it it's it sits with the rest um, in terms of its standards. Um, and and if breaking it down and, and actually sort of um, had a chat with Terry about this and in a day it's looking at the technical aspects of 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 how um, the panel is operating, looking at the overall environment audit. So many things have changed, um, and and obviously the the people on the panel, maybe some of their living circumstances have, have changed, their working situations, etc. Um, and then digging really into sort of the heavy analysis, we've seen very high um, levels of time spent viewing on, on TV. Obviously, we're getting to a normalized factor now, but whilst I've had time to interact with other platforms, what, what is happening there? Um, are there, you know, it could be the case, you know, are they watching less, but watching more of something in particular, or the converse? Um, and then the big thing, obviously, is just the planning methodology. Um, that's that's And that really sits under the umbrella of yeah. education. And education, which is a good place to wrap. So yeah. for anybody who, who wants to, to join in, the webinar, the link is up on the DSTV Media Sales website. How, is it, how do we access that website? Yes, yes. Uh, um, it's, so it's on, on DSTV, um, DSTV Media Sales.co.za, and we have a webinar. Uh, sort of tab there where we've been loading up okay. all our other webinars as well and we'll keep populating yeah, that definitely. with events going forward so just encourage anybody uh, who might be interested to join in there and uh, 
yeah, alternative viewing platforms. I guess all these things will just evolve in in, in the the, uh, the fullness of time. And I think just to end off also on on the same kind of tonality from the webinar that there's a broad recognition that this is not something for DSTV or SABC or ETV to fix or me as the planner or Nielsen or Telma or whomever. We actually have to collaborate uh, on the exercise. And, and I'm going to just reference, you know, one of the quotes uh, I made on that show, and I think I inadvertently attributed it, it to Oscar Wilde. I think it might be Bertrand Russell. It doesn't matter. But, you know, if you and I each have an apple and we exchange apples, we will walk away from the exchange each with one apple. But if you and I have an idea and we exchange ideas, we will both of us walk away from that exchange with two ideas. And and collaboration is exponential. We cannot solve this problem in silos. We can only solve this problem in collaboration. Yeah. So it, to all our listeners, please join in the narrative. Look out for those series of webinars or whatever form the initiative comes, whether it's from DSTV, Media Cells, or whether it's from the BRC um, there's a recognition that we need to to upskill and, and, and play in this space. Definitely. Thank you. Yeah. Kelvin, Magic. thanks for being on the show. And to all of you, thanks for, for tuning in. Doc, you can take your uh, fingers out your ear now. We've stopped talking about heavy-duty media stuff and uh, look forward to having you on the show again next week. Doc, missing you. Ciao for now. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. This podcast series has been made possible by The Salt, the influencer company that turns influence into affluence. In the same way that information is presented in this podcast in a relatable and authentic way, The Salt gets your customers to tell their real brand stories to their community. Go to thesalt.co.za to learn more about how The Salt can help you grow your business.